This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. We've just heard from the Prime Minister about some new measures to help small businesses, many of whom are on the verge of closing their doors. And as you heard in Bob's news, these include broadening the eligibility for the government-backed $40,000 business loans. They've been expanded both on the bottom end and on the top end to include businesses with payrolls ranging from 20,000 at the bottom end to 1.5 million at the top end. And the government is also promising to introduce help with commercial rent. There are no details, though. All we know is that it's going to be called the Canada Emergency Commercial Rent Benefit, and it will help small businesses, whatever definition for that will be used, with rent for April, May, and June. In the meantime, we've already seen some landlords evict some of their tenants as they became eligible to do uh today, I think, or yesterday. And yesterday, we heard about a top-up to the CERB emergency benefit, and this would allow workers who have a few hours but who are earning under $1,000 a month to also collect the $2,000 per month emergency benefit. So the numbers, uh, do these things help you, help you more than they helped you in the past? You were a loved one. Does that mean that you can now work a few hours rather than having to choose between part-time work and collecting that $2,000 benefit? If you're a business, does this help you a little bit more to stay afloat while we are going through this? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. We've put together a panel representing a range of businesses. I'd like to welcome Ted Mallett, Vice President and Chief Economist of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, Dennis Darby, President and CEO of the Canadian Manufacturers and Exporters, John Shell, who's the co-founder of the advocacy group Save Small Businesses, and Kevin McDougall, Managing Partner at Merci Mon Ami. Uh, he is a local caterer and restaurant right here in our Liberty Village neighborhood. Thanks and welcome to you all. Good afternoon. Thanks. Good afternoon. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Okay, so I would like to start where the rubber hits the road, and that is Kevin McDougall. You have a small business in our neighborhood, and we talked to you a few weeks ago when the emergency measures were first announced. Um, at that point, I think you'd laid off about six people. So uh, tell me, first of all, how have you been doing since then? Uh, it's been all right. Uh, we've been moving along it's a little bit slower it keeps slowing down with uh again with the catering side people moving to work from home and then on the retail side um it hasn't really improved it's actually maybe gotten a little bit worse but uh we're hoping for better times to come and uh how much would you say your business is down uh it's down a good chunk well over the well over the marks of what the the minimums are so i don't know where we just 
we're just we're going at it day by day to see how uh, how we can improve and what we can do to capture more audience. Okay. Um, so, has anything that was just announced, uh, either expanding the eligibility for those loans or allowing you to uh, give some of your workers maybe a few hours while they can still collect that emergency benefit, did, do any of those things help you, Kevin? For us, uh, specifically, I think uh, we've kept on a couple employees. I've, I could probably let go another another one, but I'm trying to keep them on. Uh, and hopefully when the 75% uh, kicks in, we'll be able to claim for that. But on that side, it also is we're floating the money right now for for that payroll until that kicks in. So for us specifically, that's that'll probably be the most beneficial. On the rent side, uh, I don't know if that would help us that much. In the end, you have to pay that back. And I guess uh, that's going to be an issue for some when restarting the economy, how it's going to happen, how cash flow will happen again, uh, reduce the fear of contamination. There's a lot of factors, I guess, involved with paying back those loans eventually in the, in the future. Okay, well, they are interest-free, and I think up to 10000 can be forgiven. Uh, they're interest-free for a while anyway. Um, so, uh, and your rent, are you paying your rent, or um, are, are you okay with that? Yeah, our rent, uh, us for us again specifically, we paid, uh, we're for our April rent. So even in discussions with our landlord, he is going, I guess, month by month as well to see uh, what comes out um, or what how we move forward as a as a country and what happens uh, with benefits, I guess, for his side too. I guess he has, he still has his bills to pay too. So at the end of the day, he's kind of waiting to see what the benefits are for him as well, right? Okay. Um, uh, stand by, Kevin. Uh, let's you. let's. Uh, well, we're all chatting together. Let's bring in Ted Mallet from the CFIB. And Ted, uh, I gather that one in five of your members have no income at all. Well, it certainly looks like uh, the the average business across Canada is only running at one third capacity. Uh, at that point, and and uh, to hear of a restaurant and catering order that they they're, they're actually operating to some degree is actually uh, uh, you know it, it's good to hear that some businesses are able to keep going in spite of the kind of adversity that we're uh, we're dealing with. But uh, the, there's a it's really unprecedented in the degree of slowdown in business uh, taking place, and stories are are, are unique but uh, very dispiriting. So you know we're we're hoping that uh, eventually we'll be able to climb out of this with with some semblance of of, of uh, uh, strength in the next few months. Uh- you know, the last time uh, we checked in with your group, you were saying that, again, one in five of your members said that they they basically couldn't last more than a month. It's It's been a month. Have your members closed their doors? What, what can you tell us about that? Well, I, I think uh, uh, it, it's too early to say whether businesses themselves have closed the doors. Uh, we're, we're contacting and hearing from tens of thousands of business owners a week. Uh, in terms of uh, how their firms are doing, uh, what they're looking for, uh, where the successes are, where the uh, where the failures in policy are, and we're 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 collecting that information, passing it on to government as best as possible. We're happy to see expansions in uh, the various programs. Rent was a big issue for many of the members. About two thirds of, of business owners rent their premises, and the majority have have been able to work out really good good. Um, 
uh, arrangements with their landlords, but uh, it's also known that landlords are business owners as well, and uh, they're part of the supply chain just like everything else. And we just have to make sure that there's as much money flowing uh, as, as as best as possible uh, amongst all parts of the economy to, to make this work. But uh, we're looking forward to details on the new uh, uh, rental assistance. It's, it's going to be jointly federal-provincial, uh, we think, and uh, it may be delivered through the uh, the landlords themselves, uh, as opposed to the many more tenants, uh, business owner tenants out there. So, uh, again, we're we're, we're going to wait for some of these details and see how they, they work out. Okay. Dennis Darby with the manufacturers and exporters. Um, how are your people doing, and does anything you heard today make things better? Well, certainly uh, the manufacturing sector has been a bit of up and down, depending on what what sector you're in. So our members who are manufacturing food or some consumer products, you know, have their bigger issue is being able to continue operating, getting their staff to work. Uh, for co- companies in the hard goods or, you know, metal manufacturing, a lot of those are are struggling. In fact, today that, that will help some small comp- some of the smaller companies. More importantly, is getting that uh, the wage subsidy that the, uh, my colleague mentioned at the beginning, getting that in the hands of the business. Because right now that's that will make a big difference for people to be able to keep their staff and be able to keep uh, even producing at a low level. A lot of companies have a cutback shifts. A lot of, regrettably, a lot of people on temporary layoff. But uh, at this point, it's about execution. And right now, we need this. We need the money to to, to flow. And uh, and I think uh, the sooner the better. Well, th- that seventy five. Uh, percent subsidy, the wage subsidy, uh, they've said it's going to take a good six weeks. And there was nothing on that today and nothing further on that. And I know that a lot of businesses that are counting on that, it's, it's, it, they can barely wait. Well, and, and what happened is business owners, if, when they can, are taking on more debt. And, of course, we talked, you heard about the $40,000 uh, uh, loans, which, again, another loan. You know, business, the last thing businesses need right now are, is more debt, and manufacturers would be among them. Uh, but, uh, you know, right now, everyone's, uh, I think one of the gentlemen said, everyone's going day to day. Can I keep my staff? Can I continue to run? Do I pay my rent? Um uh, if I have a, if I have business, are my are my customers paying on time? Because what we've seen in manufacturing, because it's so integrated with Canada, the U.S., and even in China, is the whole you know that the, everyone is stretching out you know when they pay, and so uh, there's a huge cash problem uh, for small and medium sized businesses. There's also a huge cash problem for big manufacturers. So that's that's the issue. Uh, and and hopefully uh, we'll get maybe that six weeks will book will become three weeks because I, I don't think a lot of companies can wait uh, and much longer. Okay, well I think it's it's already been a few weeks. You know you lose track. John yes. Shell, uh, you uh, ran a campaign of, uh, on storefronts uh, of small businesses saying, "Hey, the CERB that emergency benefit will not help us." And you've said that the main issue is rent, right? The main issue is rent and grants. For sure, the main, the main issue is um, you know the people who have you know thirty four thousand businesses have signed on to our petition um, and you know calling for non debt solutions. These are mostly mom and pop shops, uh, often family run uh, local businesses uh, who either don't have the capacity to take on debt, no matter what the terms, or aren't you know uh, able to navigate right. So so a lot of them would be first generations. Some might struggle with some of the, the the navigation of the system. 
And our point was, in every other country, you know, almost every country is structured somewhat similarly, right? They all have small businesses, and they all and their small businesses will look like our small businesses. And we're the only country um, that you can find who who have done nothing on on grants to small businesses, nothing so far. And so, you know, we're we're cautiously optimistic about the announcements around rent, but nothing on on reducing fixed costs like rent. And really importantly, nothing on moratoriums on evictions. So you talked at the very beginning about uh, uh, businesses beginning to get uh, evicted because you, we are now two weeks past April 1st. Businesses that didn't pay their April 1st rent now could be evicted. Uh, and Australia, uh, which has the same jurisdictional challenges that the Prime Minister talked about as we do, uh, you know, has a national moratorium on, on commercial evictions for six months. Yeah, because so, I, uh, I think there's a we are advocating for a bunch of things, but rent, I would say rent is the topic on the minds of the uh, um, you know storefront small business community right now. Absolutely. Uh, Ted Mallet, I mean, you know, as you pointed out, landlords are businesses too. They also have bills that they have to be paying. But you know, frankly, it boggles the mind if they're evicting a small business now. How how are can they even begin to think that they'll get another tenant in? Well. We, we're taking a look at that, and, and we, we've, we've, we've asked our members uh, who are tenants whether they've got good relationships with their landlords. Most of them do. Uh, most of the time, landlords appear to be uh, uh, helping uh, as much as possible, as much as uh, within their power. Uh, there, there are situations, unfortunately, where uh, there are either bad relationships or they're just unable to uh, arrange, uh, you know, appropriate rental deferral or, uh, or, or, or changes to that. So that's why we're asking provincial governments. Uh, they tend to have more jurisdiction in, in uh, uh, commercial relationships. There are four hardship grants. Uh, we've seen some success in Saskatchewan, uh, for example. Uh, we're, we're pushing for other provinces like Ontario uh, to, to grant these sort of things. And uh, in addition to hopefully this new federal program will, uh, will alleviate uh, or reduce many of the problems that uh, uh, that we're identifying here, but uh, definitely we want to see uh, approaches to grants uh, in in more detail, uh, as well as uh, you know understanding the problems. What you can't just push this off into the future because uh, businesses won't be able to deal with a debt overhang uh, if this carries on for many more months. Uh, and, I, and Libby, I don't know if I, if I can add there. Like, I, I, be careful a little bit about. Um, you know, the, the idea that most of the time this is actually going okay between landlords and tenants. And I, I don't think the blame, I think to Ted's point, the blame doesn't land either with landlords or with tenants. Uh, you know, landlords do face their own challenges, but, but we're hearing a lot of, of tough situations. And I think landlords in many cases don't know what to do. And just to, to the, you know, the point of the small business owner who's on this call, deferrals are just debt, Right. And the the default answer of a landlord is, well, we'll just defer your rent and add it to the six months after or, or, or something along those lines, which will uh, pile up along with the tax deferrals uh, and utility deferrals. And you'll see a lot of small businesses uh, when they're able to come back. Um, you know, I think CFIB's numbers say that something like one-fifth had no revenue, so they're not even there. But when they're able to come back and they have this deferral overhang, uh, that will be another wave. And so, and so, you know, whatever happens with this rent program at the federal government, it has to be about abatements and not about deferrals. 
Okay. I, I couldn't agree more. I think it, it, no matter what category or class or what sector you're in, you have to be in a, you, you have to look at what happens at, after this is over. At the end of the day, Canada's manufacturers, big and small, are going to have to compete with other countries around the world. And if they walk out of this with a huge additional debt load, uh, it will be very hard for them to compete. And so I think uh, my colleagues are right. You have to look at some uh, some ideas. Also, for, I mean, for the uh, for the landlords as well, how do we help the landlords? You know, we've asked, for the, I know it may not be, be enough, but we've asked the Ontario government, let's, uh, you know, let, don't collect property taxes. I mean, that helps the landlord. Hey, don't have to pay my property tax. I, I just think we, we need to look at this. We need to start looking at how we're going to recover and what is this going to look like? What position are we leaving our businesses in? And, and when, our cities are, are the next. Exactly. I mean, they, they legally can't even run deficits. That's right. Exactly. So, um, you know, at the end, who's going to pay the piper? That, uh, but I guess right now everybody's just, uh, you know, trying to deal with crisis as it comes up. We've been talking to our neighbor, Kevin McDougall, uh, who is managing a little bit but not very much, keeping his head above water. Uh, and we've been talking to John Shell, who has a, a new group called Save Small Business uh, and is looking for mitigation. And he rightfully is pointing out that what's going to happen if people come out of this with a huge debt overhang. Uh, but first, let me start with uh, Dennis Darby. And Dennis, Donald Trump is talking about opening the border. Our prime minister says, no way. How are things flowing in terms of uh, essential goods and and services you you represent manufacturers and exporters it, it has everything been fairly smooth I, I think well the good the good news is and, and we're on Ontario the government declared manufacturing an essential service so it's meant that you know in the in the manufacturing warehousing transportation industries they're, they're able to continue to move goods and parts and materials but uh, what's happened is it's still everything has slowed down because there's a number of slowdowns in the U.S. slowdowns here. So what's happening is everything it's happening, but much you know, everything's stretched. Timelines are stretched, delivery times are stretched, and if any of us have been to a grocery store, you'll notice that stuff is not getting there as quickly. I think um, so. At this stage, uh, whether the border is open to whatever the U.S. decides. Uh, right now, what what is working is we're able to get essential parts and goods across the border, you know, with some exceptions when the president decides he wants to make an example of something. But yeah. uh, uh, but outside of that, uh, business is, is able to go along. But it, it, remember, a lot of the companies that would be suppliers or companies that would be customers to Canadian manufacturers, they themselves are either shut down or on layoffs in the U.S. So everything is going just at a slower pace. Kevin, uh, are you getting uh, the supplies you need? Uh, presumably, uh, you've got the, the food you need. And how do you even figure out how much you need? Uh, that's one of the fine balances, I guess, of uh, owning a small business. It's a matter of getting the product is not that easy anymore. Um, like Dennis was saying, it's, uh, it's becoming more challenging because with lineups and you have to it's ordering online more now, and then you have to balance uh, cash flow. So there's a couple challenges with getting product definitely uh like what what kind of things are you having more trouble getting well some of our like our poultry supplier um that we typically get off of they they know they they stopped operating just because there's not enough businesses from the restaurants uh to continue because they're with the wastage um some some uh, like 
many of our products just to, to go, like, if we're a small business, so we'd go and purchase out and purchase the items if we need them, as we need them. Now, that's not really much of an option just because of the, if you're going to wait for three hours in a lineup to, to pick something up, if somebody needs it. So now we're just limiting the menus, tightening things up, and just offering only things we can get access to right away. John- as well as, the, I think I mentioned, sorry to cut you off, at the food terminal as well, we go to the food terminal to get fresh produce every day. Uh, that's becoming, uh, that's more regulated, obviously, with the temperature controls as you enter and exit. You're not allowed in or out. Uh, so it's, it's just more time-consuming to get everything. As uh, Dennis was saying, it's a lot slower. Everything's just moving slower. John Shell, uh, what about your own business? Uh, how have you been affected? I, I'm not even sure what you do. It's social enterprise. <laughs> uh, social capital partners? Uh, no, we're, we're a, a, a nonprofit um, uh, that uh, is works on on issues of wealth and equality. You know, we're largely unaffected. I, the reason I, I got involved in this is uh, I used to have a store in in a plaza in the late '90s, and I got to know all the owners. And uh, in mid-March, when we started closing stores, um, you know, and we had no, there was really no, that's when it was a 10% wage subsidies and a loan from the BDC. I just thought, uh, you know, these people who I know, they're, they're not going to be able to survive this. And there's, you close your doors, and then the next day everyone is laid off. The wage subsidies are not relevant. Um, if you're a family-operated business, uh, there's no extra cash flow sitting around. I mean, you, what your business produces uh, pays for both what you, uh, you know, your rent, your utilities, what have you, in your commercial location, plus all of your family expenses. So, you know, what's going to happen to all of those people when that income is gone and their expenses remain? And and so, it, you know, the, the people who've involved, who are involved with, say, small business, and we're just, you know, we started March 22nd. We'll probably end when this thing is over. Uh, it's all about, um, you know, this is a real emergency for a lot of people. And, uh, um, you know, if there aren't support soon, uh, you know, it's going to be personal personal and community tragedies across the country. Ted Mallett, uh, you know, speaking of family businesses, a lot of your members are. And I gather there's an issue because the way some of them are organized is that they get paid with a dividend rather than with a salary. Is that a widespread problem? That's one thing to that we've been uh, working with government to, to to make sure that we clarify, uh, because many of the rules are associated with the uh, uh, payrolls. For example, uh, it it determines whether you you're allowed to have the uh, uh, the business account lending the forty thousand dollars in in loan or the, the ten thousand dollar grant. So you know th- that's that's an important thing. But uh, it, it's it is open at least on the uh, the. The, the emergency benefit, uh, relief benefit. Uh, if even if you're earning a dividend, you're still qualified. Uh, so, especially a small business dividend, uh, that that is considered income, uh, and therefore one would qualify for the uh, the two thousand dollars a month in uh, in emergency relief for an individual. And that's particularly important for. Uh, you know, single-person businesses and those with with one or two employees, because uh, typically uh, a business owner would be uh, possibly drawing a salary or taking it in terms of dividends, depending on uh, either the time of year or the uh, the year end, depending on how how well the business does and so on. So we we want to make sure that, that business owners, no matter how they choose to pay themselves, would would qualify as best as possible for the various programs that are out there. And, and Ted, Ted, just on that, what was your take on the twenty thousand dollar limit? It seemed it seemed odd that it wasn't zero, and I know you guys have been pushing for zero. 
Well, the it, it's certainly much better than fifty thousand uh, dollars. We we figured that single person businesses, uh, most of them, would not even qualify for the uh, the CBA program uh, based on the the old uh, 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 threshold of fifty thousand. Now that's down to twenty thousand. We still think that about twenty, maybe twenty to twenty five percent of businesses won't qualify because their mm-hmm. their payrolls are so low. I mean, it, it's it's there's an assumption out there that business owners make a lot of money, uh, and it, it's actually not true at all. The more you're more likely, or a business owner is more likely to be at the very low end, or even negative income, uh, than people who are employees and so on. So there, there's a vast amount of of uh, self-employed people, typically sole proprietors or, or sole corporate incorporated business owners, that make very little. And uh, this is where we wanted to make sure that uh, they have some access to the uh, the programs, especially the the, the the grant and lending programs, to to help them get through that. But they'd also have they'd also be uh, eligible for the uh, the emergency uh, relief benefit, and that's the two thousand dollars per month. And plus, now that one is able to earn a thousand dollars a month, because uh, many business owners may have you know consultants and so on may have lost say uh, 80% of their contracts but they still had some work to do uh, and they still needed uh, uh, the assistance so so this thousand uh, dollar limitation that's been uh, uh, kind of removed has has really helped for for many firms that many business owners who are getting bits and pieces of, of contracts but uh, may not have have uh, lost all of them uh, Ted, one one more question here on the supply thing. Uh, what is hardest for your members to get, or is it an issue that everything takes so long uh, that it's just uh, another added thing that's hard for them to manage? Oh, that's that's hard for us to answer because we have business owners in every single sector, every single part of the, the country. Uh, so they're and they're all depending on each other in terms of uh, supply chains uh, and so on. But uh, we have noted that uh, the the transportation sector has been uh, perhaps. Uh, I mean, it, it's been hit hard as well, but it's the one operating at the most capacity, uh, about 57% capacity in the transport sector right now. Uh, manufacturing is running at about 40% capacity, which is a little better than the average, but it's still, it's still problematic for uh, most businesses. But of course, uh, you know, we're dealing with firms in, uh, in hospitality, uh, uh, manufacturing, construction, agriculture, you know, the, the whole shebang. So uh, every business has its own unique challenges. What about construction? I noticed this week just on my drive to work uh, that that um, last week everything seemed to be shut down. This week they're back up and there's actually new construction. Well, there are rules uh, brought in by the provincial government to make sure that uh, th- there are uh, critical construction needs going on, and part of that is res- residential as well, because uh, there are contracts that have to be fulfilled. People have to have to move. I was speaking with a former colleague yesterday that uh, you know he he has to move tomorrow because uh, he, he had bought a condo, uh, you know, four years ago in a pre-construction phase, and and uh, you know this was the week for his his move, and he he can't uh, can't stop that process. So uh, the construction sector. Has still have to keep going with housing because the last thing we want are people that have to leave their existing housing but there's nowhere for them to go and that makes uh, that, that becomes a very serious public health issue because uh, you know they they'd have to end up 
uh, somewhere. And hopefully we want to, pe- uh, you know, get people into uh, their own homes, uh, own domiciles, uh, where they where they they stand the best chance of of, of avoiding COVID. And there's uh, no no uh, no measure for backing out of any kind of uh, real estate deals either. Uh, let me give the numbers out again. We do have a few more minutes in this segment. The numbers to call: four one six three six zero zero seven forty. Toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. I am on the line with our business panel, but I would like to hear from our listeners. Uh, do these new measures expand? the emergency benefit to allow people to earn up to $1,000 a month and still collect that 2k uh, Does that help? Uh, what about the new measures from for business? Uh, it's now a little easier to qualify for those $40,000 loans, though there are people who say, hey, piling on debt is not a good way to go. Again, the number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And uh, Dennis Darby, you started to talk about what this will all look like when it's all over. Uh, is there a lot of planning going into that? Uh, well, yes. Uh, actually, um, for, for our sector and for, for many like it, it, just the actual way you do business right now is changed. So in terms of manufacturers, big and small, they have to take completely different steps in terms of how to keep their employees safe, uh, have to put a physical distancing at work. They've had to rearrange everything from lunch rooms to, uh, to change rooms to when they change shifts. So it's really made a difference. Uh, and so people are think, wondering, how will this become the new normal? And so that's something that companies are already beginning to look at, and we've been trying to help them how to plan the sort of occupational health and safety, because nobody wants uh, there to be a recurrence. And, and, if, and so this is it's something that companies are starting to think about now. Uh, Ted, are, are, are your members uh, dealing for that? I mean, any indication we have is that when, when we come back, it'll be uh, in a limited kind of way. And it's really uncertain for many firms, uh, and we're we're going to be dealing with uh, long-term uh, issues around that, and and businesses uh, are, are are right in maybe wanting to or needing to change their their whole approach. Uh, so you know, COVID is going to be likely around uh, for the next year or two, and uh, business owners will have to deal with intermittent perhaps interruptions in in their ability to operate if if uh, this uh, uh, virus comes in waves uh, over the next couple of months so those those are issues that uh, you know firms will have to deal with well uh, they'll they'll try to operate where they can when they can with the people they can uh, and but it's going to be a couple of years I think before we get any kind of sense of normal and I think it's absolutely true that we're going to see uh, completely new ways of dealing with uh, uh, with just staffing and and business processes to make sure that uh, um, uh, public health is maintained and improved as as much as possible in the workplace. Okay, uh, let's take a call from Brenda in Shelburne. Hi, Brenda. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm fine. You have a business. Um, How's it going? It's pretty well stopped. (laughs) What type of business do you have? Um, We... My husband does flow testing for real estate and also some um, some business doing uh, 
checking on wells and that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Fixing well. And my question was, um, as far as the $1,000 a month, for instance, he, if he billed out a job and uh, collected on it, but he had to pay three-quarters of the money to a subcontractor, would his... Um, would it be his profit that was part of the three thousand of the one thousand? Um, well, yeah, Ted or Dennis, can you answer that? Um, it would be employment income. Uh, so if, if if the job is uh, is is more than a thousand dollars, but most of it has to go to a subcontractor, then that part would not be likely included in the uh, in the thousand dollars. So uh, uh, it, it's only the portion that uh, your husband would be keeping that uh, that would uh, come under those particular rules. So that's good news. Yeah, that's right. It, okay. would, be the, it would be the income that they earn, not the uh, not the gross revenue. And okay. uh, and do does it does making it easier to get a loan does that appeal to you Brenda or is that not some is, you don't want to go there? No, we don't need to go there. I also had another question. Um, does the HST on your invoice that you send out is that part of your profit? No. Like, would you include that in the thousand? No. Uh, no. No, because you're giving that back to the government. Okay. Okay, Brenda, thanks for that. That's great. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Kevin, I wanted to ask you, uh, what kind of measures have you put in in your catering business, and, and how much does it cost you? Uh, we've, we've put in new measures for, as far as the process goes with uh, employees. Uh, I think I mentioned last time, one-touch gloves were depo- disposing of everything, masks, cleanliness, changing clothes. So we've got new uf- uniforms and everything in. It's... Uh, cost us quite a bit but i guess going back to i just want to touch on i guess you guys were talking about abatement and forgiveness loan forgiveness and uh some other things but for me as a business owner i also i also think forward thinking uh if we do or when we do make it out of this what's the inflation going to be like am i going to be able to survive uh after in like a year or two years from now and on top of that in my industry specifically are they going to be putting new regulations on uh the amount of customers that are allowed in my customer, uh, my restaurant at a time, uh, how many people can, can sit or do we have to have distances, which would also hinder uh, sale, sales right, and profits at the end. So it's, a, it's an ongoing thing where uh, we're, we're paying now, but we're also concerned about what's going to happen in a year from now or two years from now. Okay, uh, we have uh, about a minute left. Uh, so uh, let's have 20 seconds each from the rest of you, starting with John Shell. We are very hopeful, uh, you know, very encouraged to hear about rent today. Uh, we just want to be um, super clear that um, uh, in order for it to be helpful, it needs to be sufficient. It needs to be abatements rather than deferral. And it needs to be inclusive, so lots of industries. And if they can achieve that, that would be super helpful for so many businesses across this country. Dennis? I think at the end of the day, the program is put in place, and I agree with what my, my colleague just said, but at the end of the day, it's about execution. How do we make sure the money that companies need uh, to keep their employees flows. And so uh, we're going to continue to press the government to, to make this as simple as possible because that's the, the only way it's going to work, and that's how it's worked in other countries. And Ted? We're happy to see the movement so far, but there's still uh, some, some work to do on the wage subsidy. Right now, uh, if you, you have to, in order to qualify for the wage subsidy, you have to have a sales decline of at least 30% in April and May. 
we'd like to see a GRET, and, and it's all or nothing. So if you have a 28% decline, you don't qualify at all for it. So we need to have a sliding scale uh, at the lower end to make sure that this is a fairer program. Okay. That's all the time we have. And thank you so much, Kevin McDougal. Thank you. John Shell, uh, Dennis Darby, and Ted Mallett. Really appreciate your time. Great. You're welcome. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.